Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, All of It. This is my second episode. I'm Lily Graciela Garay, and I'm being joined by my dad, Fernando Garay. Say hi, dad. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> recently I've been getting a lot of comments or messages from people saying oh my gosh Lily I'm so sorry I had no idea that that's how you actually said your last name was Garay for a long time I did go by Lily Garay um, and you know it's how I've introduced myself for so long and then a couple of years ago I said it in front of you and and Dito my brother um, and you guys were like why are you saying Garay it's Garay it's Garay and I honestly didn't really get it until Dito was kind of like, you know, I feel like we've been whitewashing our last name for so long. Um, and for those who don't know what whitewashing is, Urban Dictionary <laughs> describes it as a derogatory term used to describe a minority who's assimilated with Western society. Um, it's a person who doesn't necessarily abandon his or her, her own culture, but rather um, embraces others besides his or her own. Um, but at the same time, it can be something where like if you're a different culture and you're in America, you kind of try to fit in. And so it's little things like making your name sound more white to fit in. So I kind of wanted to talk about that and get your thoughts on that. You know, as, as you're saying this, this is, this is so it's so real. It's so real. And, and I started thinking when, when, um, when we first moved to this country, to the United States of America, I was a little boy. I was, what, four or five years old. Uh, New York City, and I went into school, and you know I don't know the language. All I know is my 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 language, Spanish, and so I'm learning the language, etc. And and I somebody taught me how to pronounce my name. You know, in other words, I'm over here learning English. So they say, well, this is how you say it, uh, and they try to explain to the teacher is R A Y Ray. That's why you say Garay. Etc. Etc. And I'm learning the language. I, I don't know any better, so I'm I'm going along with the flow. This is about when I was, you know, just a little boy. Mm-hmm. And so all, all these years gone by. All these years gone by. You know, and and in Spanish, I introduced myself Fernando Garay. You know, and and it's pronounced Garay mm-hmm. uh, properly in our language in Spanish or in general, it's Garay. And then when I moved to the West Coast, it really hit me. And, and I said, uh, well, even before I moved to the West Coast. There was a friend of mine that traveled around the nations of the world being a translator, um, probably the best translator I have ever heard in my life. And one day he said, he said, Benaka, which means, uh, let me ask you something more or less. Why do you pronounce your name Garay when it's Garay? And this is a, a, a person that translate that I admire yeah. and is known all over the world for his translation capabilities. Yeah. And, and then that got me thinking for many years. And then when I moved to the West Coast here in California, um, I start, it really hit me like, wait a minute, I've been saying my name wrong all these years because I felt bad. Yeah. You know, um, I want to try to fit in. I want, I want to, I want to be part of the accepted, uh, an accepted kid, not, and, you know, just to be accepted by my peers in, in, in public school and then junior high, et cetera. But you know what? It hit home recently. Like, wait a minute, what, what have I been doing all these years? I've been ashamed of my own last name. I've been ashamed. It's almost like a like being yeah. ashamed. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I said, so I corrected myself. Yeah. I think for me, 
that was kind of one of the reasons that I started, you know, saying it that way. I personally, it really doesn't bother me when somebody goes, oh, this is Lily Gray. You know, I don't feel like that's like the moment that I want to correct somebody. But if I'm introducing myself, like I feel like, you know, I can just say my name, how my family would pronounce it and, and just kind of embrace that part of who I am. You know, I mean, we, we moved here when I was, well, I was born in Miami and you guys moved us to Charlottesville, Virginia, which is in the middle of kind of nowhere, um, (laughs) in Virginia. And it, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of white people here and a lot of American culture and a lot of like white Southern culture. Um, and even like Charlottesville, I would say has its segregated parts where you just know, like, this is a Latino communities over here and the black communities over here and the white communities over there. Um, and now it's way more diverse and way more, I think mixed, like everybody's a kind of like more living together. Um, but it's definitely growing up. It was kind of like, there were so many, what I would call microaggressions where it's somebody, you know, saying passive aggressive things about your culture to you. Um, you know, we're not Mexican, you know, you're Colombia and mom is Puerto Rican. And so even though we, we grew up a lot around a lot of Mexicans here in Virginia, um, you know, that was kind of the, the common joke and common stereotype was tacos crossing the border illegally, like that kind of thing. And it's, you know, for a long time, like I would just laugh along with the jokes or whatever, but really in the last five years, I've kind of realized like, if I continue to allow these kinds of jokes, even though a lot of people don't mean harm by them, like I'm allowing this same narrative to keep going. And, and if I want a a different story for my kids um, and even myself, then I have to be bold enough to be part of changing that cultural narrative, you know, and, and helping people see Hispanics in a new light, because I think we've seen a lot in the news and on social media, that same stereotyping, especially when it comes to jokes. And while some of them can be funny, you know, it can be dismissive of of people's cultures, which is really dismissive of who people really are, in my opinion. Right. No, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I I remember moving to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, um, a couple of decades ago. And, and then I realized that they have never, they had never met the people like that I'd met. Mm-hmm. I was called to pastor a church, a Spanish church, and the people that I met, uh, I started meeting the uh, the judges and the the attorneys and and the police, the police to kind of introduce myself, and they all came out to uh, the inauguration of our church and the, the TV stations, whatever. Um, but one of the things I noticed right away that they had never met a a, a, a Hispanic person that wasn't Mexican. <laughs> I was gonna say Mexican. <laughs> Mexicano or Mexican, yeah, and and somebody that dominated both languages, English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. So they met me, and and basically, um, uh, my wife likewise, uh, Spanish. She's Puerto Rican, yeah. dominated both languages, and they have never met uh, Hispanics. This was over two decades ago, right? So they have never met those type of Hispanics, and it, it was a, uh, it was like a brand new world for a lot of people. A lot of people yeah. accepted it, and a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, they didn't like it because, of course, our mentality, so those that didn't like it is because our mentality wasn't one of uh, hand me down, hand me down, give me, give me. And mm-hmm. it was a different world for me because I had no idea. You know, I mean, to me, it was yeah. normal speaking both languages. To me, it was normal um, representing being a Hispanic man or being a professional Hispanic man to act accordingly. I mean, but yeah. it was just 
the new world for us. Yeah. And, and I think something that has not, not bothered me to the point where I'll become actually angry, but something I really don't appreciate is when you say something, you know, you can be speaking a normal sentence in English and then, you know, say, Oh yeah. In Mexico, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you throw in a Spanish word or a Spanish term instead of Americanizing it. And people will all of a sudden stop you and then kind of make fun of the fact that you just said a word in another language. And, and it's so interesting how people like, because they don't understand it because they're uncomfortable with it. The thing that they go to is making fun of it or laughing or repeating what you said, but doing it as gibberish, you know? Um, and it's something that recently I've tried really hard to, to kind of like make it a point not to laugh along with them laughing, not in a way that's mean, but just in a way that says like, that's not okay. Because I mean, when you leave Charlottesville and you go to maybe New York city or you go to Miami or you go to San Diego, you know, other big cities, you're going to hear Spanglish a lot. Um, and I think like if you are from a small town or a place that maybe isn't, you know, as quite of a big of a city. Um, if you dominate both languages, whether it's Spanish or another language, I think it's important to, to kind of own that, you know, and, and to be okay. And I know that it's really difficult for a lot of people, including myself at times to kind of own it, own who you are. Um, but I do think it's extremely important, especially as the authors of our own story and, and the authors of, what's happening in the news and the authors of, of history really. Um, I think it's important, you know, so thanks for sharing all of that about Charlottesville. Um, there was a question that I was going to ask you and I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah. I was going to say something that I really admire about you, dad is how, you know, and this is, this is a very typical story for a lot of people. Um, they weren't born here. They moved here, speaking the language of the country they were born in. They move here and then they only learn English. And whether it's the parents or the teachers, it's kind of like speak English, speak English, get assimilated to the culture and they forget their native tongue. I have always loved our, our culture and our music. Mm-hmm. And even growing up, even growing up, even though I just spoke English and, and I rarely knew any Spanish or, you know, or, or spoke Spanish because I didn't know any. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I would just, but I would love salsa, the Span, our Spanish music, salsa, salsa music. And, and but, but one day I realized, you know, there's something wrong with that picture. You know, I came here when I was four or five, year, four or five years old. And how can I know my own language? Mm-hmm. And something just hit me. I mean, and, 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 and I, I believe it was the power of God within me. Like, we cannot forgive, forget who we, who we are or our roots or our ancestors, yeah. you know? And I made it a point. I made it a point, and it and it started coming to me very quickly. You know how to speak Spanish, because um, I knew a couple of words, but never put them together. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I got angry inside. You know, I'm 60 years old now, and I some I could speak Spanish so well at a point that people think that I just I'm here just for a couple of weeks on vacation from another country. From yeah. Country, if I, if I put my mind to it. And, and because something, I just got angry one day and said, "Wait a minute! I have to, I have to protect what's ours." You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm 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 a Spanish man, Hispanic. I don't well, uh, I don't want you know. <laughs> don't confuse the people. <laughs> Latino, from, Latino. I'm Hispanic. I'm a Latino. Okay, just a Latino. I'm Latin. I'm Latin, and um and I love that. 
you know, I, I like salsa music. Um, I eat rice and beans and tamales from Colombia. And, and, and I'm proud of my heritage. Yeah. And some people, and some people, what I, it gets on my nerve when somebody comes here to, from Colombia uh, and all of a sudden they come here when they're 25, 30 years old, they never spoke in English. And all of a sudden, four years later, they can hardly speak Spanish. Now that gets on my nerve. Yeah. And what's, going on is, what's going on is a lot of peer pressure. You know, uh, I think a person feels like, man, you know, I'm here in the United States now, you know, the biggest country in the world, one of the most powerful countries in the world and, and most influential in many areas. And so they, a lot of people feel like they shrink back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that, that's not me. I mean, um, I, I, I love Spanish. I love being the, the, the Hispanic man that I am and, and I'll keep protecting my culture. Yeah. I love that. I think yeah, what you said is really important. Like it's, it's not the time to shrink back. And I think peer pressure is something that everybody can relate to whether or not they want to admit it. Right. right. Peer pressure. <laughs> a lot of us are peer pressured into doing a lot of things that we don't want to do or who we don't want to be. And, and it's very, very hard to be a pioneer for yourself, right. no, and- a pioneer for your family. And I think you and mom have done such a great job of that, Thank of you. figuring out along the way, right? Because nobody has it perfect at any point, or you might not have all the directions in a book, but I think pioneering is something that I've seen you and mom do consistently my entire life. And it's, it's so powerful and important, especially in today's culture. Thank you. uh, Because um, that's who we are, you know, and, and I feel strong, very strong about that. Even when I speak in places, um, I remind people, I remind people, Yeah protect who we are you know not just uh, knowing that we're spanish and not just you know knowing that you know we could eat, eat our food but also standing in front for the fact that we could speak our language mm-hmm. uh, i think to me that's huge yeah i was on um you know alex Erpi, one of my really good friends here in charlottesville and he has a show a bilingual show it's called today mañana and i'm so proud of him because you know he grew up in this country and and spanish is not a language that he was dominating at a certain point but he is learning more and more and speaking it more and more and he had me on his show again a few weeks ago and we decided to start talking in spanish and because i no longer go to the church that you guys used to pastor you know and I don't, and I no longer work in Southwood, which is a primarily Hispanic neighborhood. I, I rarely use my Spanish nowadays, um, which makes me really sad. So sometimes like I'll practice driving in the car or whatever, but so I'm on his show and, and it was really intimidating for a second because there were so many words that because I haven't really spoken it regularly, it was really hard for me to push through that, but I loved it. It was like a moment where he, you know, it was a little embarrassing. And he, you know, I would be like, okay, como se dice, which means how do you say? And then I would say the word in English. And then he would tell me what it was in Spanish. And then we just kept going. And I think that that's regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or you're social or you're not social. I think that that's something that's super important is you're gonna experience natural human emotion, which can be shame, which can be fear, but it's so important to rewire your brain and tell your brain that despite the fear, despite the shame, I'm going to keep going. I'm even if I'm embarrassed, I'm going to keep going and just let it happen and let it come out. And that's really how you learn. And that's not just, you know, with languages, that's with literally anything, you know, there's so, so many times when I've gotten on stage and I've sung the wrong note. Um, but 
you just keep going. And so I want you to tell us a story, a time in particular where you were on stage and something funny or embarrassing happened because you were speaking the Spanish that you know, but maybe that wasn't the Spanish of that country. <laughs> well, there, there were some and embarrassing moments. I mean, embarrassing for the for the audience. I, I <laughs> not for me because I, I yeah. made it. Even though I knew it might have been, I might have said something vulgar. Um, I knew that I had to stand firm and and learn my language. Mm-hmm. For example, I would preach in Spanish. I didn't. I'm learning along along the way. I'm in yeah. another country, and um, I could say, and you know, and, and then talking internationally in in Spanish. That's uh, that's different. Uh, that's another yeah. world because you're talking about Mexico here in North America, or you're talking about throughout Central America. You know, from from Guatemala all the way down to Panama. So there's different dialects, and then mm-hmm. entering Colombia, going all the way down to Argentina. You have very different dialects, uh, slang, so on and so forth. Um, but one time talking in Spanish in Mexico, <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> I, I said something, I said, you know, something normal, just receive the anointing or, you know, just just enjoy the presence of God. But I use a, a word uh, called, say, and I'll say it right now, it's cogelo, which means take it. it the, the, the correct translation, yeah. whatever Hispanic dictionary it means take it, whether yeah. it's international. Mm-hmm. But in one particular part of Mexico, it means having sexual intercourse <laughs> with another woman. And, yeah. and I said, how in the world did they get all that definition with just one little word? I, when I was in Honduras and I remember they were all like, oh my gosh, Lily, like you're the, the pastor's daughter. You can't be speaking that way. And I was like, what did I say wrong? Like, I have no clue. And they thought I was like joking around. And I was like, no, you guys. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh. And you know, so many people don't realize this, but I love to compare it to America where in Texas, you know, they say y'all and whatever. And then, yeah. And then like the difference between um, car and buggy or pop and soda, like in New York, you know, people don't really say y'all, they go, you guys, or, you know, there's just different ways in different parts of America that you would say the same word or the same phrase. And it would mean different things. Like in the South saying, bless your heart is an insult that you could say, bless your heart in the North. And most people, you know, won't even take it as an insult. And so it's really, it's really the same way in Latin American countries, um, to give everybody kind of a geographical lesson today. Um, so it's North America which is Canada and then the United States. And then underneath is Mexico. That's all North America. And then you have Central America, which lives underneath Mexico and then South America, which is where Colombia is, which is where you're from dad. Um, and within all, you know, three of those continents, there's so many different countries and there are countries like Honduras or um, what, Panama or Guatemala that, they actually have multiple different, like multiple ways of speaking Spanish. And then like what they would call Indian tongue or native tongue. And it's where they're not even speaking a Spanish dialect and it's totally different. And I I know you've encountered that in the Amazon jungle. Um, But it's so interesting. I mean, people really don't know. It's like, if you were to go to the continent of Africa, there's so many countries and within each of those countries, there's different dialects of African languages. And it's the same way with Spanish. And it's funny because in Puerto Rico, you know, Puerto Rican Spanish is actually 
pretty vulgar compared to the rest of Spanish, but you, I would have never known that until I used Puerto Rican Spanish. So now, you know, depending on what crowd I'm with, I'm in, I actually know kind of which terms to use and which terms not to use. And that can be pretty helpful. Um, right. But I always find it so, so, so funny. Right. No, it, it's uh, it's something else. But um, as, as you were speaking, I, I, I realized how important it is, whether it's Spanish or another language or whatever a person is going through. When you want something out of life mm-hmm. and you really want to do something, there's going to be mistakes along the way. There's going yeah. to be ups and downs along the way. But how, you know, people are going to laugh at it. They're going to make fun of it. They're not going to understand, you know, but how bad did I want it? I went, I kept, I'm, even today I make mistakes, but I still go, I still go for it, you know? Yeah. And we can't, I, I believe, you know, we can't let anything stop us when we want to do something. I, it doesn't matter how many mistakes that I'll make, I'll keep doing what I got to do just to, because I love, uh, I, I want to keep accomplishing and learning more. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a great way to end today's episode. Really just a reminder to own who you are, be okay with making mistakes and try to redefine what failure means in your mind. You know, even if you didn't have maybe the best circumstances, even if, you know, things along the way have made it difficult, difficult things in life. I know you dad can relate to so many different kinds of stories happening in your life that made it really difficult and it really, you shouldn't be here today or in the position that you are. Um, but you've kept going and you've kept persevering. And I think that that's a really important lesson for all of us is to keep persevering, even when things don't seem like they're going the way that you might've expected or that you might've wanted. It's important to just keep going and learn how to reroute, how to pivot and walk through the doors that are open right now. Even, even if it doesn't feel like what you want to be doing, even if it doesn't feel like this incredible thing. Sometimes that door will lead you to the next door and then the next door and then the next one. And it can all be okay. That is good. Well, Any I mean, final thoughts? Uh, no, <laughs> you know, just, I like that. I mean, just being, learning how to be yourself, you know, and that's what I, even at 60, even at 60, I'm, you know, I'm trying to just continue to learn more about life and learning how to be myself and just let myself flow. You know, God made yeah. me the way I am and, and this is me, you know? Yeah. And on that note, I finally found an ending for the podcast. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best is yet to come. I really believe that. And so I want everybody who listens to this podcast to know, you know, we're not toxically positive. We're not holding on to a fake optimism, but we want to, I like to call it a declaration. Some people might call it a mantra, a motto, a slogan, whatever. But mine has for a few years now been the best is yet to come. So hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening again to all of it. Feel free to email lily at cielacreative.com with any suggestions of what you'd like to hear. Or if you have a comment about today's episode, please feel free to leave one. Bye, you guys.